Hi, and welcome to the introductory episode of the Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell podcast. This episode is an introductory episode to the podcast. Yeah, we're not going to do any actual talking about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, but, you know. Well, we are. We're just going to be talking a lot about our opinions and other people's opinions and why we actually like the story so much. So, in this episode, first we're going to start with introductions of ourselves. Hello. Followed by a description of what we're actually going to do in the podcast in the future. Then we've got a section on what is it exactly about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell that we like so much and that you like so much because we've got some submissions to go through as well. And then later on, we're going to have a special Agony Uncles column where you can submit your questions to Mr. Drawlight and Mr. Lascelles and get advice on how to improve your life or be more fashionable or whatever you want to know from them. First, introductions. Who are we? I'm Sam and my co-host is... I am Sarah. And who are you, Sarah? I am undescribable, is what I am. <laughs> um, no, I am an, I'm an art student, and I'm studying in Glasgow, but I am from Northern Ireland, and I am very much enamoured with the whole story of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. And what are your topics of expertise? Well, I know a lot about historical costume and some things about magic and obviously about art as well. And Sam, who are you? Where are you from? Well, I'm from... I was born in the Netherlands, so I'm kind of from the Netherlands, grew up there. And my dad is English. Most of my family is from the northeast of England, Middlesbrough, which is a bit more north than Yorkshire. But North York Moors was my holiday destination every year for Christmas. So one of the reasons why I like Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is <laughs> because it's so familiar in a you know, childlike, idealised kind of way. And your topics of expertise? Kind of costumes, but not about the historical background, more about construction of costumes and history, um, mostly ancient history, because I studied archaeology. But I know bits and pieces about a lot of different topics about more recent history as well. And how did you get into Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell? Because of the TV series, I actually... I saw people posting images and GIFs and things on Tumblr and it looked really pretty and you know, pretty pictures sell me on TV series half the time and has magic and it's set in England and you know, all good things. So I watched it first and I have to admit I haven't finished reading the book yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even arrived in the bit where you're introduced to Jonathan Strange. So... I'll probably be reading through the book while we're doing the podcast and I'll be the one asking questions that <laughs> book mm -hmm. readers will probably think are very obvious. And how do you get into it? Um, much the same way. I, I saw pictures and gifts from the show. I think what really sold me to start watching it was I saw the horse sand magic mm. and I thought, wow, i got to watch this show. Um, and I think I'd watch stuff like like Penny Dreadful and Outlander, and I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I can do with a bit of historical fantasy. Um, and then I watched it, and I watched the first episode, and it, I was just like, I had to read the book. Like I watched two episodes, and I was halfway through the series, 
like airing and I thought I can't wait one more week for more of this I just need more right now so I went out and I got the book and didn't finish it in a week but finished it in two weeks before the end of the show and my life has never been the same since (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me it was probably the the king's roads just that that image of jonathan strange Mm -hmm. standing in front of that was oh so it's like cusper devon friedrich (laughs) (laughs) so romantic Okay, and that brings us to why we're doing the podcast, really, because it sounds like the both of us, we just got into it massively right away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with with the show coming out, it's sort of brought in an influx of new fans and new people, some of whom will have read the book, some of whom won't have, um, some of whom will be long-time fans of the show, um, but also with just new blood, freshness, <laughs> and... It also it seems that there's so much to talk about this show and the book and the the world of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Definitely, because the book was so is so detailed and and you know, even you know, I'm only a couple of chapters in. There's so many of the footnotes and all the little <laughs> historical bits and pieces and and things, and there's so much you don't know or realize about the show until you read the book as well. Even though they've done a good job. Yes. But, okay, we are going to do a podcast about the book versus the TV show at <laughs> yes. some point, probably. <laughs> so we'll talk about it more then. Fight, but, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, maybe. Nah, nah. <laughs> we, love, we love both. We love both. But speaking of what we're going to do for the podcast is, because we're both limited in what we know and in, in you know background of the book and, and things like that, what we're going to do sometimes is host group discussions. So try and get different people on who've got different knowledge and, and, and things that were, would be interesting to talk about relating to a certain topic. So we might have an episode all about... Pineapples. Pineapples. <laughs> See, I don't get that reference you quite to, yet. Yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. We might have an episode about pineapples. We might have an episode about books and the proper care and attention, you know. Yep. And then have some people in for a discussion about specific topics in that and yeah sometimes we might have an extra co-host yep sometimes we'll but we'll definitely have fan contributions on the show so if anyone's interested in submitting anything for it let us know we'll we'll have details at the end of the podcast yep so music or poetry or tidbits of interesting information you think other people should know about as well that'd be That'd be fun. And we'll have a recurring agony column by our very own Drawlight and Lascelles, yep. <laughs> for which you can also submit questions about life, love, everything. For the rest of this episode, we'll end up highlighting topics we'll talk about later throughout what we're discussing, probably. So keep tuned. Yeah. I need to stop saying, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, to start off our sort of episode zero introductory episode we thought we could start with what do people love about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell and why is it so incredible um so we put out on we put out a question on our podcast tumblr just saying asking people to tell us what they love about the show so we have a few submissions here to read out about the show or the book just you know the story yeah so first cheesy badgers said 
What do I love about Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell? Where to begin? Actually, I'll begin with the characters. No matter how flawed they are, I ultimately care an awful lot about them all. Yes, even the villainous ones. I love the fact that it's set in Yorkshire, where I've lived my whole life. And I think the geographical location helped me connect with it on a deeper level and added to the Romans. Same goes for the magic. I've always loved magic and fiction. Early 19th century magicians in Yorkshire? What's not to love? What is not to love? I can't think of anything. <laughs> it's more or less what everyone else had to say as well. You've got you know, amazing characters mm. and you know, even the baddies. The setting, the world, the magic. Characters as well is definitely some things we could do episodes on. Like, why does everyone love Childermas so much? What is his <laughs> allure? Where does it come from? Childermas is my favourite. <laughs> as soon as he opened his mouth and the accent came out. <laughs> oh, lovely. Uh, yes, I have to say that my favourite would be Jonathan Strange. I, why is that? I can't explain. It's just... Well, he's a very charming character. I, I, I actually don't properly know why I love him so much. I'm just hooked on him, and I'm not sure why. Mm. Well, I really like Childermas a lot, because he's, he's in the beginning, he's a kind of a mysterious character. I always like that. And then you, you really quickly see that he's a lot smarter than you're, you're led to believe, or the way everyone else treats him. And he, there's definitely something up with him. There's, he's got diff other goals than what you think he might have. And he's not just there for Mr. Norrell. He's got his own plans. And then in the end, you find out what it is. And it's amazing. Yeah. And there's the, the phrase at the, sort of the start of the book, which says something roughly along the lines of, Childermas knows everything about everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what the people talk about and what they have in their pockets and something like that. It was. Yeah. I'm sure you can find we it. We should look it up. We actually have the book here. So... Ee. Childermas knew what games the children on street corners are playing. Games that all the grown-ups have since, long since forgotten. Childermas knew what old people by firesides are thinking of, though no one has asked them in years. Childermas knew what young men hear and the rattling of the drums and the tooting of the pipes that make them, makes them leave their homes and go to the soldiers. And he knew the half-egg cup full of glory and the barrel full of misery that awaits them. Childermas could look at a smart attorney in the street and tell you what he had in his coattail pockets. All that Childermas knew made him smile, and some of what he knew made him laugh out loud, and none of what he knew wrung from him so much of a halfpenny worth of pity. Which sums up his character pretty much. Next submission. Celestina118 said, It's been a world that I've been able to completely fall into and be enveloped by. I haven't been this creative in quite some time, and ideas are just running wild in my brain thanks to Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Mm, I, I had the creativity, th well, with clothes making. Like, I watched this show... And by the fourth episode, I had made myself a pair of Regency-style britches. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I planned all this other stuff. Yeah, I was kind of this... I can't really make costumes at the moment because I'm travelling. But I also do videos and, and they take about three days to do. But I couldn't, I couldn't not. I had to do it. So much inspiration, you have to make something immediately. More or less. And I've noticed that... The fandom for it, especially on Tumblr, is is really active. And, and, well, that's part of the reason why we're doing the podcast now, because there's so many things going on and so many people creating so much and doing art exchanges and, and all these kind of things. And I think in part is, is it is because it's such a, an imaginative world, but also 
because the BBC did such a good job with the cinematography and making the show look beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> so that, that does set off creativity yeah. quite well. And And what they've said about the world, like when you're reading the book or watching the show, you kind of forget that the Napoleonic Wars didn't involve magic. And it, it just, it's so real. Footnote one. Unfortunately, in 21st century city life, one can often hear the sounds of ambulances and other emergency services. And you kind of go, hmm, I wonder, can I find this book by Martin Peale? But then you realise that it doesn't actually exist and you get really sad. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very complete world. Yeah, that's one of the best things about it, is reading the book with all the footnotes and all the, the historical background bits and pieces and phrased in a way that it, it does kind of read like a historical text sometimes and with, oh, you've got a reference to this and a reference to that and check the references in the footnotes and then it's, it does make it feel very real. Mm. And in, in the TV series, it does help that the, the, the characters are so multifaceted and, and real, just believable even though you're sometimes looking at things that just you know sand horses <laughs> yeah 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 i think like the, what a, one thing that attracted me to the magic in the show is it wasn't like gaudy like just sparks flashing at you Ooh. it was like it was very real very physical and the way that anytime you hit that magic happy you can hear the world creak yeah because it's shifting but you're not just looking at flashes of light even though sometimes sand horses come up and gallop <laughs> into the sea. Yeah. The next submission by fandom-feminist-stiff says, The characters are one of the greatest things in the book slash miniseries. They're just so well written and believable that they make the whole thing that much more appealing. Which is exactly what we were talking yeah. about just now. We completely agree. Yeah. And I was like, when you said mini, I completely forgot that it was a mini series. It's called a mini series because it just feels so vast in my mind. It's because it does tell a massive, massive story and it tries it very, it's very best to encompass the whole world. But one of the, oh, we now we're going to the TV versus book thing again. Because <laughs> one thing you, you don't quite get from the TV series is the sense of time sometimes. You're not quite. Yeah. You don't realise that the Napoleonic Wars took years and years and years and that this whole story is is set just over over a lot longer period of time it's than at least, you think. At least ten years. Something like that, yeah. The book begins a couple of years before Mr. Norrell actually meets Mr. Strange, doesn't it? Yeah. So you don't you don't quite get that feeling. But that's that's something that's just part of T V and film. So that's that's one of the hardest things, I guess. They could have done more, but mm, I'm I'm very happy with what they did. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> if you have strong opinions about this, get in touch. We'll probably want you on the podcast <laughs> yep. to have a discussion, a polite discussion. discussion. <laughs> okay, the next submission by 14 Purveins says, All right, what makes me love Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell? The fact that all the characters, characters again, are written in such a way that makes you like them and feel for them, even if they are complete books. I read a lot, but I've never really encountered a book where I loved every character genuinely. That and the writing is brilliant and gorgeous, and I'm a huge slut for British snark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I think many people will agree with you on that, too. <laughs> oh, the writing, 
the writing style. It, it's it's another it's another thing that transports you because you, mm. you're reading this and you're like, oh yeah, I'm reading a book that was written in the 19th century. Obviously, yeah. how this couldn't possibly have been published in 2005. Four? four? I think it was four. First published 2004. Woo! Yeah, I, I I agree. It's I really like period dramas and period novels and things. Jane Austen, love Jane Austen. And then you read this, and it's it's kind of similar in style a bit. It, yeah, it Jane Austen. Bit. Jane Austen's the obvious comparison. Yeah, it's like I know when I was telling my mum about this, I was like, it's like a cross between Jane Austen and Harry Potter, <laughs> which it's nothing like. It's nothing like that, but it's an easy way to describe it. Yeah. How do you describe Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell? Well, <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> Could be another another podcast episode. Uh-huh, maybe. Because <laughs> one of the others. Okay, if Jane Austen's the obvious one, you've also got Elizabeth Gaskell. And and who? who? You'll have to educate me. <laughs> she wrote um, North and South, which the one the BBC with Richard Armitage. Yes, yeah. Which is this whole story about this southern lady who goes to the north and meets this northern gentleman, and the culture clash between that. Okay. I read somewhere that yeah, that, that a comparison between that North and South and Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell as well, and this trying to depict a sense of Englishness or a unified Englishness. Because in, in, in Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, it's the whole North versus South yeah. as well. Except now the North is magical and, and you've got fairies and things. While the South is more the, the practical politics and industry, kind of. Mm. Except we don't really get to see that much. You, the only... Yeah, it's more and more the upper class society and politics. Yeah, because we could, like, there is a lot to discuss in the, like, the English-North-South divide. It's another potential episode. Yeah. Which, again, the moment I w- really fell into the TV series was when Childermas says to Mr. Norrell, like, you're not in Yorkshire anymore. You're not <laughs> in, in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Which was the most damning statement you can get from a Yorkshireman, probably. Mm. <laughs> next submission. Next question. Or well, not question, no next question. Next We ask the question. <laughs> next Answer is by Heather White 84 who says, I read the book for the first time when I was snowed in in winter 2009. It's and- romantic. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yes, it is. And instantly loved the story. I did nothing for days but watched the snow and read this book obsessively. It was so funny, so clever and so perfectly English. The characters were complex and often heartbreaking. Clark's prose is amongst the best and most enjoyable I've encountered. I've read it twice now, and it was even better the second time. I almost died when my friend told me about the miniseries. <laughs> Some of the people we're hoping to get onto the podcast to take part in group discussions are also people who actually read the book first yeah. and then saw the TV series, just to get a different perspective. Because obviously the, the both of us came into it through the tv series yeah so we like well for the last few episodes i would have had the image from the book in my mind Mm. but for for the start of the book i was reading it with the sort of characters from the tv series in my head and as i progressed through the book past where i'd watched the tv series i got to make my own pictures and like lord byron comes in and sadly doesn't come in in the tv series but (laughs) 
And for the last few episodes of the series, I was able to see how my interpretation of the books trans- was had been translated by the BBC into the series. And I have to say, I was quite satisfied, Good. despite the lack of Lord Byron. Well, we'll probably end up talking about Byron in a different podcast episode anyway. Yes. <laughs> and just for these group discussions, they're going to be centred about different topics and things, not just a TV versus book, but just general topics of magic or history and, and things like that. But, you know, it, it gives a different perspective, a different opinion than what we have to offer. And like on the topic of magic, um, I, I, I did, I've done a bit of looking into the history of English magic, like the real world history of English magic. And sort of like the book, there is loads to talk about and so much we can kind of tell you and that we find out about the history of English magic and folklore and stories and berries and how to avoid getting kidnapped. (laughs) Important one, that one. (laughs) Because sometimes when you're walks in the countryside and you're in a place and you're on your own and it's really quiet and you've got these two massive old trees and it's like an entrance to something, you're like... I don't believe in these things, these things, but <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah, that's worrying. <laughs> so yes, lots to talk about in the future. Yeah, I was actually one of the things that several people have mentioned is that yeah they like the characters for obvious reasons. We've talked about that a bit, but also that they like the villains as well and the heartbreaking characters and that's really a sign of good writing and and good characters that you don't really have massive baddies but you know not everyone is as sympathetic as the other well lascelles i'd class lascelles as a baddie (laughs) really well i'd say his fashion sense makes him a goodie (laughs) you can't judge a man by his clothes (laughs) Who is your favourite person to dislike? I, I really do like Lascelles. Um, <laughs> but who do you dislike? <laughs> I dislike Lascelles as well, but I think mm, you, you think of Drawlight and it's he's just a bit slimy. Mm. But he's so but desperate. It, but he's quite cute. Well. He's like slimy cute. I'd, I'd say Lascelles like is pe- a bit like, slimier because he's malicious. And Drawlight, he's not malicious. Yeah. Not someone you should listen to. Yeah, definitely not. I don't, don't listen to. <laughs> don't tell them we said that because they're doing our agony, Uncle Colum. But <laughs> don't listen to them. Stay safe. <laughs> Stay safe. <laughs> no, I think the the person I disliked most was Lascelles because he was really unpleasant and and up to no good from the start. <laughs> yeah, he was a character that when he got his fate. Mm. Um, and I had different fates in the book which you'll get to I'll not spoil it for you because it's nice um, but in both of those instances he really sort of got what was coming to him Yeah. and you like it happens and you're like yes finally <laughs> he gets what he deserves because yeah. um, in, in the beginning he's kind of okay but he's very opportunistic and then takes it much too far much much too far yeah and, and, the, and the gentleman is a kind of a great I mean, he makes no sense. Mm. He's, he, you, you kind of feel like maybe you could know where he's coming from if you were insane or a fairy. Yeah. But from a human point of view, you can't understand that why the gentleman is doing what he's doing. I guess that's true. That's one of the points of the books as well. Like you, just one of the themes in the book, in the story, is madness as well. Because you see that in, in you know, the people who can see 
the fairy and the non-mad people who can't and how Lady Pole is deemed insane after she's been kidnapped more or less to fairy, except she's not kidnapped, she's bartered by the rational gentleman. It's what sanity but, does to someone. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's overrated. It's not all good. But on the other hand, you do kind of feel for the gentleman and, and when with Stephen. Yeah, I, I say, I'd say I feel a bit bad for what the gentleman gets. Probably shouldn't, but I do. Yeah. And I guess all these conflicted feelings are, again, the sign of well-written characters. Because oh, yeah. even the characters... But do you like everything about Jonathan Strange as a person? No. 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 Didn't expect it. It's like the same for Childermas. It's, it's, well, Segundus. He's... Do we have anything bad to say about Segundus? <laughs> he is the, the fandom cinnamon roll. Yeah, he is. Oh, we must be able to find something. He's a bit naive. He's... Yeah, naive. But that's not entirely bad either, is it? I was the other thing, I was going to go with sort of over-enthusiastic. Yeah. I don't think that's quite true. He is compared with the other so-called magicians that don't actually do practical magic, but that's because they were so stodgy and that was hmm. the problem. Well, I was going to go back to what I dislike about Jonathan Strange and is possibly a reason that I like him is just his arrogance and ambition yeah. and him being like, I'm the best! <laughs> and... I think that's something that I do as well. And I see my, <laughs> really? that in myself. Um, which is a reason that I like him. Yeah. He's very much a, a kind of... He sees something and just goes, I can do that. I can do anything. I can control a fairy. I can do that. Yeah, see, I did that with podcasting. I looked at podcasting and was like, I can do that. <laughs> but we can. Like Jonathan Strange, <laughs> this may all go disastrously for me. <laughs> yeah, but that that... Part of the reason why I like Chillamass as much is I see a lot of myself in him as well. Like, I'm chattier, obviously, otherwise I shouldn't be doing the podcast. But in general views of life and how to do things and how to get other people to do things, yes. <laughs> Recently I learned the definition of the word Machiavellian, which is that, basically. Yeah, planning ahead, knowing people well enough that you know exactly what to do to get them to do what you want them to do. Do we do we have another submission? Yes, we do. And the final submission about. is by something without the G, dash strange, who said, For me, I think what made me fall in love with Jonathan Strange and Mr. Nora was the mixture of a beautiful period setting with intense magic and crazy dynamics. The characters were so interesting and there was so much good world building that I had to read the book. Mm. What's it said about crazy dynamics? Because it starts off like a calm sea and just, by, well, talking in terms of the show by about episode four or in terms of the book by so part three, it just shoots up and gets really intense. Yeah. And I mean, I know when I was reading it, I thought it couldn't get any more sort of exciting and it did. And it just kept stepping up and sort of outdoing itself in a way. Um, yeah, dynamics. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. And the story just does... It starts quite contained with Mr. Norrell in his office. And All safe. In his library, yep. And then it just becomes bigger and bigger. And it involves more people. And then well, the, set, the settings are amazing. And you go, go from this kind of dark, gloomy Yorkshire, in the north, go south to London, include all that and different people. Politics then gets involved. And then war, which is massive in you know on the continent, mm. and it it just 
becomes bigger and bigger and then all these different things happening at the same time but kind of linked yeah and the historical setting and the world building and how Susanna Clarke has managed to intermingle magic mm. into the Napoleonic Wars and and like I, I did a bit of I sort of tried to find out more about the Napoleonic Wars and what they're about and it's just so complicated and convoluted and I no idea where to start in this and it, I think it definitely should be a, an episode but just I have so much admiration for managing to weave in her world and the real world to this incredibly chaotic time yeah. in European history and that, that that she makes it feel like it could have happened that way and again that's that's also part of her writing style and, and things that just yeah makes I mean it, it feel... didn't happen that way oh <laughs> <laughs> It's, you can get kind of the similar disappointment as with, with The Lord of the Rings that you know, it all happened long ago and this is a different history of Earth and then it's, it's not true. No, I, don't, I don't think we should feel sad that we don't live in that universe. I think we should feel happy that we can vicariously through the book enter the world of these English magicians. Okay, and that was a great closing statement. The other call for submissions we asked for was questions to put to our agony uncles, Mr. Drawlight and Mr. Lascelles. Now, this is going to be a regular segment segment, and will happen on every single episode of the show. So if you would like your question answered by Drawlight or Lascelles, or both, then just scoot us a message on our Tumblr or Gmail, which will have the details at the end of the show. Combeferi asks, Lascelles and Drawlight, help me, please. I'm heading to a new town for university, and I won't know anyone there. What's the best way to make friends and make myself stand out? Thank you for your help. Mr. Drawlight writes, My friend and I agree that you must first look to your wardrobe. If it is not fashionable, you must replace it immediately. Have you a lawn yet? We both highly recommend them. In addition, you must get yourself invited to the best parties. It is too bad that you do not mention what school you will attend, otherwise we could have helped with that. Rumours about oneself, whether good or ill, will make you stand out. So consider having someone start one, or several, about you prior to your arrival at university. If you aren't picky about the attention you receive, it doesn't matter what is said. Wise words from Drollhead and Lascelles. Wise words indeed. Thank you very much for listening to our episode zero, not quite a proper episode, of the Jonathan Stranger Mr. Norrell podcast. If you want to send us a message or say how great you think we are uh, sorry I just did a hair flip you a couldn't fabulous see that. hair flip um, so if you want to contact contact us you can do it via jsammpodcast.tumblr.com or jsammpodcast at gmail.com and we will well just tell us anything you think about the show any topic suggestions any if, if you want to come on the show we'll see if we can get get that organized or if you completely disagree with anything we're saying yeah tell us, us if you hit us tell us you hit us <laughs> that makes you know, good discussion material yeah we're not we're not the only two magicians in england next episode we're thinking about doing will be about the well about how she's interwoven the real world and her own world and looking a bit more in detail at the matching historical and fictional time timelines of this period yeah. of the story Basically to build a, a bit of a clear, bigger picture of when events were set. If you have any questions about historical details that you read about in the book or heard about on the series, 
let us know. We'll look into it. And we might have that as one of the topics to discuss in the next podcast. So send us a message on Tumblr or an email. And now we leave you with The Ballad of the Raven King, performed by A Still Deeper Shadow, My Mascot Solved You, and Official Children Mass on Tumblr. Beneath the stars with the king